Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in Studio A here at Beit Tehillah Congregation with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. That's right. Studio A, the only studio that we do have. Listen, when you say Studio A, it sounds like we have more than one studio. We could create another <laughs> we studio. We don't have to tell people, you know, that there's not more than one Let's studio. Let's start with the first letter of the alphabet. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So uh, this week we are going to be studying the Torah portion, and this week is Vayetze, which is He Departed. And you can find this in the book of Genesis, starting at chapter 28 and verse 10, and ending at chapter 32 and verse 2. Now, there was a little controversy over where uh, the Torah portion ends. It does not end at verse 3. Sometimes, depending on which translation source we're looking at, if it's from a Jewish source, sometimes the verses are a little bit different than, say, what we have in our conventionally versed Christian uh, uh, Bibles. And so uh, it does end at verse 2 in the King James Version, and then the next week's Torah portion begins at verse 3. Excellent, Ryan. So once again, you know, uh, the name of the Torah portion tells you actually uh, uh, what it's about in, in the very first verse of that Torah portion. So right here we have, of course, Vayetze, he departed. And this is, of course, where it says, and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he departed. So once again, a little, uh, little uh, follow-up here. Uh, we know that... Um, Jacob literally uh, stole the uh, blessing from Esau. Uh, mother overheard this whole thing, and so uh, father wasn't real pleased or whatever, but uh, you know, Jacob did receive the blessing. Now, he already had the birthright, okay? And what is the birthright? But that person that is born first. Uh, Esau was born first, but he sold his birthright. He despised his birthright. And so this story is going to be playing out uh, all along. Are you a Jacob or are you an Esau? And so once again... Uh, Esau says, hey, when father dies, I'm going to kill you. So uh, out of desperation, uh, the mother says to Jacob, listen, I don't want to lose two of you in one day, so I need you to go and go up to some relatives and to my, of course, what, brother's house. And so what happens? Um, He's going to have to go to Uncle Laban's house. Uh, The interesting story is that uh, Rebecca actually went to Isaac and said, you know, Esau has, of course, married brides, and he's unequally yoked, and uh, and so what's happened is uh, because of Esau uh, marrying the um, ladies of the land there, I do believe they were the Heatites, uh, yep. two women, uh, she wasn't real happy. Neither was um, actually Isaac. They were grieved because this action happened, and so uh, they're hoping that uh, Jacob can go up north and, uh, of course, uh, you know, not have the same problem that they have with Esau. Uh, of course, once again, they're marrying within the family at that time, and he's going to Uncle Laban's house. So I'm going to get Ryan to read, uh, and the title of this, of course, a little caption here is, Jacob has a dream at Bethel. He's going to read Genesis chapter 28, verse 10, all the way through chapter, uh, chapter. well, yeah, we're still in chapter 28 to, to verse 22. So he's going to finish up chapter 28 of Genesis verses 10 through 22. So once again, public reading of scriptures, whatever you speak comes towards you. That's right. You know, this uh, this Torah portion is near and dear to my heart. I'm actually, some similar things have been uh, going on in my life. Uh, me and Jacob, I look at him and, and you know, there's some similarities. I'm not saying there's, there's a ton of them, but, uh, you know, if we kind of 
read the Bible and we insert ourselves into the story, I think we get a better perspective on what's going on. Uh, it changes maybe the way that we think about things. And so I'm going to start at uh, verse 10 of chapter 28, and it says, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to uh, thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven." And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but, name, but the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And all and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee, give the tenth unto thee. So I want you to get this picture, everyone. So uh, you've got Abraham and Isaac. Now Jacob. Now Jacob has to leave his family. He has nothing. I don't even think he has a camel. He has nothing. And he has the birthright and the blessing. Isn't that incredible? Doesn't that sound like Hebrews or the Christian faith movement, all of us that are grafted in, you know, we're like, well, gosh, you know, where are the riches? Where's this? Where's that? You know, where's the promised land? You know, it's coming. But Jacob had to leave his family because of the situation. Well, and I think how many times are we in the position that Jacob's in where we feel, you know, like God has left me or maybe, right. you know, whatever. Yeah. But then we, tough, but then we get to actually experience the presence of God because when we're in those dark places, that's when we turn to him, right? Absolutely. And, you know, once again, Jacob was not favored by his father. Esau was. Right. You know, but Rebecca, you know, she favored uh, uh, Jacob. You know, a lot of you are, are experiencing that maybe uh, in your life, or you did experience it about sibling rivalry and you know, there's a Smothers Brothers actor routine where they say, Mom always did like you best. Uh, that kind of tells yeah. my age a little bit. But, you know, the thing is, you know, we need to understand that, you know, we didn't choose God. He chose us. And so, once again, here we go. The the, the city of Haran is coming into play. Uh, Jacob's got to go all the way from Beersheba to Haran. And so, so he's going to stop to sleep. And what does he use for a pillow but stones? He used stones for pillows. Why? Because that's all you have in Israel. You know what I'm saying? You know that commercial, My Pillow? Well, Jacob's got my stone. So he's going to sleep. 
That's so I mean, and, and here we are. What are we crying about? Well, here, what I mean, did they actually use stones to sleep back I in mean, the day? I mean, I guess to prop your head up or something. But, I mean, to me, that's just bizarre. Maybe so you can be alert and, and aware. You know, I don't even know if he had a little tent or whatever. But you got to imagine, this guy was really, really being put to the test. Um, and, of course, uh, if you look at Genesis 28, 12, it says, A ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And uh, behold, the angels of God descending and descending on it. So Jacob's having a dream. Right. He's dreaming, and he sees this ladder from earth to heaven, and angels are going up and down. And where is he at? He's in Bethel. So I wonder if he has a theophany, if this is a theophany there, because here's what Yeshua says. Well, I mean, says. I don't know about a theophany, but I know it says well, angels well, of God descending and descending check on it. Check this out. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me give you, let me make some substantiation to, to my, my question here. It says here in John 1, 51, uh, Jesus says, And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So, I mean, I don't know, but no, no, this is a place where we hear of angels you ascending know, this, and descending. We're going to talk about angels. I'll tell you, there's so many things we could talk about, Ryan. we got to stick to the script. But, oh, I find. But, uh, you know, just to let you know, we're going to talk about a main theme here that the Father's been showing me, and I want to really inspire all of you that are listening. Um, you know, but but in Genesis twenty eight thirteen, you know the uh, the Lord promised to give Jacob uh, the land along with his seed. You know, and so right now Jacob is departing the land, but the the Lord is reminding him, Jacob, listen, you're going to get this land. Now you're leaving, you're departing, you're going up north, but you will get this land, you and your seed. And and he goes on to say uh, that Jacob's seed will spread to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And uh, all the families, right, all the families are going to be blessed. Uh, just a few references here to this. Uh, this is a theme throughout. What is the Hebrew name for, for family? Mishpacha. Mishpacha. So what's happening right now, everyone? Uh, we're seeing a lot of dysfunction, a lot of divorce, a lot of offenses and things, and civil war happening in many, many fashions of culture. But the thing that I want to remind everyone is that God is putting his family together. He is putting us together. And even in Genesis 12, 3 to Abraham, Genesis 18, 18, uh, through Abraham, Abraham's seed, all the families would be blessed. Uh, Genesis 22, 18, and then, of course, in 26, 4, even with Yitzhak, Isaac, all the families of the earth would be blessed. So here's, here's an interesting question point. Um, you know, we've gone through the last Torah portion, which is where Jacob uh, deceives his father and Esau at the request of his mother, and that whole thing goes down. And I think that a lot of times we look at this and we see that, well, in the end, his father ended up giving him a blessing, right? Right. He has the blessing and the birthright. How? But guess what? So, so, so Esau had sold his birthright to Jacob. So within that birthright, I would say that this it could be argued that this blessing from his father was included. But here's the thing: the promise was made to Rebecca, and the promise was. The, the promise would serve the younger, and that the blessing of Abraham and Isaac would be upon Jacob. Right. Well, here's God Himself. After all of this going on, now Jacob's by himself on the run because of his poor actions. He and needs now, to hear from God. And now God Himself is giving him the blessing of Abraham and Isaac. He That's says, true. "I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. I am giving you this blessing now." Right. So he did all this stuff to quote-unquote birth an Ishmael or whatever, cause you know some tumult and turmoil within his family. But God knew those things had to happen. It had to happen because he had to go to Laban. Absolutely. Right? The, story, so he, the story's unfolding. He had to go. 
But now God is giving him the blessing as part of his preparation so that he has that hope for the future. But, but what you're seeing, Ryan, here's the thing, you know, we all get a revelation. Yeah. We all get knowledge. But what do we do with it? Sometimes right. it, it takes a season for something to unfold. I'll give you an example. You know, Judah approaches Joseph. For years, I was saying, there's going to come a time where the Orthodox Jews, the Jews are going to come to us and extend a hand. They're going to be coming to our church. And, and people wrote it down. They, they, they reflected on that. And guess what, Ryan? It's finally come to pass. We didn't have to make it happen. And so, you know, when, when Jacob woke up from the stream, you know, he, he called this place, you know, Bethel, the house of God, and the gate of heaven. What is that? It's a portal. The ladder is a portal. This is a portal. Uh, that's exactly what it is to, to the spiritual realm. And he took the stone that was a pillow and he poured oil on top of it. So he wanted to sanctify this stone and, and sanctify it and set it apart because of the revelation and where he was. So geographically speaking, he was blessing that spot. And so once again, the previous name was Luz, changed to Bethel. So Jacob's crying out. He's having a, a, a time with the Lord. The Lord's ministering to him. He's by himself. Just imagine that, you know. So, so Jacob's going to make a vow to God, and he's going to ask two things of God. He makes this vow, okay? And what two things did he want, Ryan? He wanted provision, and he wanted protection. He wanted provision and protection. And he says, you know, Lord, if you'll do this for me, I'll give you a tenth back. Now, think about it, everyone. Uh, tithing is a principle. This is before the Torah, before the law was given. Even Abraham, in Genesis 14, 20, he gave tithes to Melchizedek, remember? Right. So we need to be thinking about tithing as a principle. You know, that's what's so important. You know, uh, sometimes people say, well, you know, the pastor, he's got three planes and three castles, and, and why should I give to that? Well, you know, you're at the church you're at. I mean, so, you know, the thing is, you, you need to live modestly, but the bottom line is that... Maybe we could get like one castle and one plane, you think? No, I wouldn't worry about that. I'm just <laughs> saying tithing's a, Even my wife and I, we tithe. Yeah, we're not we're not above tithing. My wife and I tithe. You better. We get offerings or we get, you know, increase. We we tithe, you know. Praise God. So once again, tithing is a principle. So that's that's there. That's very interesting. A tenth. A uh, ten is a minion. Remember, Abraham said, Well, if you find ten righteous men, you know, would you would you spare the city? And and listen to this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He was gonna spare the city, Ryan, with ten righteous men. He couldn't find them, Ryan. No, he couldn't. But look what he did. He pulled Lot and his wife and daughters out of there. He didn't have to do that. They were only four righteous, right? Yeah. And one of them turned around, Lot's wife, and became a pillar of salt. So really three. Last time I was in Israel, I saw her. She's by the Dead Sea. Oh. Listen, that, Was everyone. that her, huh? Oh, yeah, I think so. That's what they said. Look, there's Lot's wife, big pillar of salt. So I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is, I want to tell all of you something. Man, God's mercy and grace has gotten you this far. To be in the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement is a blessing and a responsibility. It's not to be used to bring harm. It's used to bring wellness and good. To yourself and to your family and to your Absolutely. To your Listen, and to those around you, be yes. a blessing. Right. Don't be a pain in the neck. We're going to continue on on this beautiful story because it is off the charts, it folks. Really I'm, I want to have Ryan read uh, um, Genesis chapter 29, verses 1 through 14. Now it's getting good because Jacob arrives at Laban's house. Come on, somebody. Yeah, they, we have me read because we didn't. We, I'm not exactly a vanna. Right, so I have a face for radio, and so this way 
I can I can just use my voice instead of having to like display something. This is know. wonderful. <laughs> All right, so here we go. We're going to start. Great story, everyone. Verse 1 of chapter 29, and we're going to go through verse 14, and here we go. It says, Then Jacob went on his journey and came into the land of the people of the east. And he looked, and behold, a well in the field, and lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And thither were all the flocks gathered, and they rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep, and put the stone again upon the well's mouth in his, pl- in it, in his place. And Jacob said unto them, My brethren, whence be ye? And they said, Of Haran are we. And he said unto them, Know ye Laban the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is, is he well? And they said, He is well. And behold, Rachel, his daughter, cometh with the sheep. And he said, Lo, is it yet high day? Neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water ye the sheep and go and feed them. And they said, We cannot until all the flocks be gathered together, until they roll the stone from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. And while he yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, and she kept them. And it came to pass, when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house and told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my, uh, my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. Wow. Let's, let's go over this storyline. This is, this is incredible. This is incredible. So, so Jacob ends his journey from Bethel at a well. He's at a well. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. That's a deep subject. He's at a well. What comes to mind, everyone? Remember Eliezer? Yes, the great servant of Abraham, Genesis 24, 11. He arrives at a well as well. And who does he find? Well, well, well. He finds Rebecca. That's like you here know? in verse 5 and 6, they use the word well like seven times to mean two different things, and you're just yeah. like... Yeah, I mean, so, so he's in Haran now. Remember, Haran is an interesting place. You notice some people go to Haran, and some people go into the Promised Land. That's right. You know what, what comes to mind, Ryan, is the simple fact that I want to reflect on this and tell everyone that while Abraham was in Haran, many people joined him. You know, and it's kind of like Beit Tehila. Many people have joined Beit Tehila, and they're on the journey with us. Some 5, 10, 15 years they've been with us. Yeah. And, uh, and so once again, you know, uh, it's important. Uh, also, I want to remind everyone uh, that those people that joined Abraham, they had children. And when Abraham went to go get Lot in Damascus, he had 300 men, like a militia, they said, that were born in his house. Wow. So you know they had to be of age. Yeah. At least 18 years old. For sure. You know, uh, to, to wield a weapon and to be Abraham's militia. So just, just food for thought. So think about this. So, so, you know, so Jacob's at the well, he sees the men at the well, and he's like, you know, hey, uh, do you guys know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, hey, we, we know him. And while they're talking, talk about a divine appointment, they looked over 
And they said, oh, by the way, here comes Rachel, his daughter. Rachel, Rachel, here comes his daughter. Oh, my gosh. So what does Jacob do, man? He, he sees Rachel. He rolls the stone from the well's mouth to water the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And then what did he do? You know, because I guess Rachel, she's a shepherdess. She's got sheep. You ever heard of a shepherdess uh, leading sheep? And so uh, here she comes. So after he does this, he kisses Rachel, lifts up his voice, and he weeps. You know, you talk about kissing cousins. You know, think about it, everyone. He's on this journey by himself, and he finds a family member. Oh my gosh, have you ever done that before? You know, you run into somebody that believes that in the two houses and, hey, I'm Ephraim. Oh, you're a non-Jew too? You're coming out of the nations? Yeah, I'm Ephraim and you hug and everything, you know. It's incredible. Uh, you can even see this among the Jewish people. Oh, you're Jewish? Yeah, I'm Jewish. And, you know, there's a common bond there, you know, uh, a commonality. So I want to bring this out that he was so excited that he found a relative, you know, and so her response, which is, it's like a, like a domino effect, you know. Uh, she, she ran and, and told her father, and we know who the father is. It's old Uncle Laban. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Laban gives Jacob a warm welcome, you know. And, uh, and then, of course, we go into uh, the two daughters of, of Laban. Uh, it describes them in Genesis 29, verses 16 and 17. It says, Leah was the elder and tender-eyed, but Rachel, Rachel, was the youngest, beautiful and well-favored. So we say ooh la right, for Rachel. Which is now, Hebrew for ooh-la-la. And, and, of course, Rebecca was good-looking, and Sarah, I believe. And so, once again, I guess um, there's this uh, difference of appearance of the two sisters. And uh, one is described as beautiful and one tender-eyed. Uh, very interesting. So what happens, man? Jacob, man, he falls in love with Rachel. He really does. It's like love at first sight. Have we ever heard that saying? Love at first sight. And so, you know... He wants to come along with Uncle Laban and, and do something. So this is what he does, Ryan. This is why you got to be so careful what you speak. He says, listen, I'll work for you for seven years for your daughter, right? I'll work seven years. So he offers the contract. This is my offer, you know. And Laban takes it, you know, because Jacob didn't have anything. But he says, hey, I'll work for you, which makes sense, you know. It's always good to work for things. You know, my father always said, you know, work for everything you have and you'll appreciate it more than just giving it. That's why when you have to purchase tickets or buy something, you appreciate the value more than it just being given to you. So he, he says, hey, I'll work for you for seven years. And of course, what does Laban do? He is in total agreement. And so after seven years, uh, uh, what did Laban do to Jacob to cause him to get upset? Genesis 29, 23. Go ahead and read that, Ryan. Uh, after seven years is completed, uh, what did Laban do to Jacob to cause him to get upset? Why right. was Jacob so upset? Here we go. It says, And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him, and he went un in unto her. Wow, there you go. There you go. So what's happened now? Think about it, everyone. So switcheroo. Jacob was deceived by Laban. Jacob was deceived by Uncle Laban. Well, he told him the wages would be this. Right. right? And, so, and, and so, they ended up being that. What, what, but, but think about so it, Ryan. Go. Jacob deceived Isaac, his father, and Esau. He sure did. He did. He, uh, he deceived. You're not suggesting that we reap what we sow, are you? You reap what you sow. Huh. Now, in reference to Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, that's the flesh. Or is this also a suggestion that there's things that are generational, right? Laban was actually from a generation ahead of uh, He was a little shady Jacob. character. Laban's name means to be made white, but we know he's a shady character, even in the story with... Uh, 
of course, him and Rebecca being brother and sister. But, but you know, this story begins to unfold, and, and the dynamics is going to be getting into a mixed family to the umph degree. Uh, once again, who, who was Leah's handmaid but Zilpa? Zilpa. Uh, and, and I want to remind everyone that um, she was the handmaid of Leah. And, and so Leah has this handmaid, and she's going to play a part in the story of the family line as well. And so, you know, so Jacob gets all jacked up with Uncle Laban about, man, how could you deceive me? I wanted Rachel and you gave me Leah. What's going on here? And, and Laban sets the record straight. He says, it must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. So what's happening, Ryan, is this culture thing is you have an elder and then you have the younger. And the elder goes first, right? Just like when I married Danielle, then Dina got married. You know, it's like that particular order. And it's kind of interesting because as I look at this unfold, this particular story, I just want to remind everyone that while those two kids were in Rebecca's womb, she was told the elder would serve the younger. That's right. So she took matters into her own hands, Ryan. And that's why really the theme for this Torah portion is about honesty. Don't deceive to try to do the will of God. You don't have to manipulate or deceive let it play out. Let God let it play out. And it goes back to, Ryan, the simple fact that, you know, Abraham laid with Hagar. Sarah says, go lay with her. Perhaps I could have children through her. But it said that through Abraham and through his own bowels, he would have a, he would have a child. But Sarah needed to be involved in that promise, Abraham and Sarah, not Abraham and Hagar. So that's why you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not Abraham, Ishmael, and Jacob. Does everybody understand that? Mm-hmm. Think, think about it, Okay. So, so once again, we've been given promises, revelation, and knowledge and information, but we cannot manipulate it. We cannot deceive in order to obtain. Uh, we just can't do it, you know. Yep. You know, there's uh, even, a... even to make Aliyah, Ryan. You know, I, I could not renounce Yeshua as my savior to make Aliyah. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I have to be able to go into the land and say Yeshua is the Son of God. He died for my sins. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart. Why am I telling you guys all this? Because now Jacob. And Ryan's going to share here in a moment. We're just setting up the this, this scenario because what happens is when you deceive everyone, it puts you back. It steals time. It steals energy. You know, and so, so you know, Laban told Jacob, hey, listen, you want Rachel? Give me another seven years. And he agreed to it. And, of course, Rachel's handmaid was Bilhah, right? Bilhah. And, of course, Jacob, he loved Rachel more than Leah. He loved Rachel more than Leah. And we're going to be getting into the whole genealogy of the children and everything. So, you know, just think about it, everyone. Well, and to the, the whole point about honesty, you know, I guess we look at these characters in the Bible and they're there for us to learn from. And one of the things I think that's important is that we don't, don't be a Laban. You know, what happens is, uh, you know, Laban may mean well, right? So he, he comes and he kisses Jacob and and loves him and says, yeah, yeah, come on in, you know, I'll, I'll put you to work and, you know, you can have Rachel and, and, and all of this stuff. But then what happens is it comes time seven years later and Leah's not married yet. And so what does he do? Well, it's convenient for Laban to just make their old switcheroo, right? And so he may have meant well, but what he ended up doing is he ended up deceiving Jacob in the end because he knew that Jacob would not have agreed to it if he would have done it that way. But see, think about what's contained within Jacob, everyone. He came to Laban with nothing, Ryan. 
the birthright and the promises and the blessings of his father. That's a lot. And it's the same thing with us. If you look at Ephesians 2, we are part of the commonwealth of Israel, everyone. We are grafted in. In Romans, it talks about the olive tree. You are grafted into the olive tree. Yeshua is the root. Therefore, it requires a right action. So right out of the gate now, we're going to be getting into, of course, uh, in Genesis chapter 29, verse 32, uh, all the way through chapter 30 and verse 24, we're going to have the uh, the birth order for Jacob's children under their mothers. We're going to bring out a few points here. Just going to read it out to you and call it out to you. I have a little uh, graph here. I have a little uh, diagram here that, that gives me the uh, birth order. So here we go. So Leah has Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. And then we go to Rachel's handmaid because she's barren. Number five in the birth order is, of course, Dan with Bilhah. And then number six is Naphtali. So Rachel's handmaid gives Dan and Naphtali uh, two sons to Jacob. Of course, Leah already has Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. So now we're going to go to number seven, Ryan. So now all of a sudden there's a little competition going on here. It's four to two, right? Four for Leah, two for Bilhah on Rachel's side. This is just unbelievable, the mixed family. Number seven under Zilpah is Leah's handmaid. She has Gad, number seven, and number eight, Asher. Notice all males. Boy, I tell you, you talk about the seed. What are the chances? It's a 50-50 chance it's a boy or girl. We're talking about all boys up to this point. So all of a sudden, Zilpah, Leah's handmaid, has Asher. And Leah's like, you know what? I can still give some kids. I want, some, I want, to, I want to really win Jacob's love. I want to win him over. If I give him more children, more sons. So she has number nine, which is Issachar, and then Zebulun, right? So she has Issachar and Zebulun, right? And then after that, she's the only one that has a daughter named Dina, right? Born after what? Zebulun. Of course, Dina's name means judgment. There's actually a storyline contained within the names that we don't go, go into right now. But uh, think about this, Dina. So Zebulun is number 10, and then the first daughter, Dina. Well, guess who's 11 and 12? Rachel. Rachel finally has Joseph and Benjamin. Now, I want to point something out to all of you that's incredible. How many of you believe in the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel? Amen. Me, me, pick me. How many of you believe that not all of the house of Israel is made up of nothing but Jews? How many of you, there's non-Jews in the house of Israel? I agree. Okay, two of you. Me. Okay, Ryan I'm like Baruch. and me. So, so yeah, thanks. I'll take it. I'll take it any day. So I want to point something out to you guys. All of the children of Jacob were born outside the land of Israel, except for Benjamin. And remember, he was given the name Benjamin by his father, right? Son of my right hand. Yeah, because she was going to name him Benoni, right? Which is son of my sorrow. <laughs> you know, Benjamin is actually like a picture of Christ because he suffered first. Right. But he went to the right hand of the father. So this is what we're seeing. This is how it's unfolding, everyone. Now, also remember this. So Joseph's in Egypt alone, taking the story a little further down the road. So all of the children of Israel were reunited with Joseph outside the land of Israel, Ryan. So a lot of stuff is happening in America right now for the restoration, the regathering of the whole house of Israel. Matter of fact, even Hanok Young, uh, our tour guide, is making his round and in, in sharing incredible stuff with uh, Ephraimites, Ephraim all over uh, the U.S. right now, and he'll be joining us. Hanok 
Young will be joining us for Hanukkah. Hanukkah with Hanuk. That so here a nice it is. Little ring so, to it. so so here's where we got to connect the dots, Ryan. Because after Joseph was born, okay, where did Jacob tell Laban he wanted to go? He wanted to go back home to his, his unto home. my own place yeah. and to my country. Yep. Genesis 30, 25, unto my own place and to my country. So when Joseph was born, oh, and by the way, Joseph is an incredible name, in addition to, to add to, added, remember, the earthly father of Yeshua was Joseph. Joseph. Also, Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, gave up his tomb where nobody had resided in. So Joseph is a very prominent figure. Even Joseph's tomb today is in Shechem, all right? And it's right there in Shechem. And so uh, even the Jews will come uh, late in the night, at midnight or whatever, with the IDF, and they'll pay tribute to the righteous man, Yosef. Matter of fact, remember, he said, take my bones out of Egypt when I die, Joseph said, and they took them back into the land. See, there's something about the land that's drawing all of us. So keep that in mind, everyone, that there's an incredible restoration regathering happening in America uh, between the two sticks, Ephraim and Judah. Come on, somebody. Come on. And so what happens is, so Jacob's going to work for Laban, and Laban's going to increase. But what did he want for himself? What did Jacob want for himself? He wanted his own livestock and cattle and, and his own personal wealth in Genesis 30, 32. So yeah, he works for Laban. He, he, he produces a lot for the company of Laban and that family and everything. But yet he wants his own because he's going to have to build up because why? He's going to eventually go back into the land. Um, so he actually puts like a three days journey between his flock and Laban's flock, a three days journey. Uh, there's a separation. There's a distinction there, Ryan, uh, between, of course, Laban's flock and Jacob's flock. You know, there's differences between the flocks. It's like the flock of Beit Tehila. You know, we've been separated, sanctified, and set apart. This flock has been set apart for Yahweh, Ryan, and it's for his purpose and for his glory. And so that's why we have to separate. We can't be like everybody else. We can't be doing what they're doing. We have to do what God has put into our hearts to do. So how did he increase? Man, I'll tell you, he became very prosperous. Now, Abraham and Isaac were very wealthy. Here's Jacob. Man, he had cattle, maidservants, men servants, uh, camels, and donkeys, and he was, he was prosperous. So what happens when you're prosperous, Ryan? What happens when you're successful? What happens? Jealousy. Oh, yeah, for sure. So what happens? Laban's sons become jealous of Jacob. So here he comes, the son-in-law, right? They become jealous. You know, if you go back and look, uh, the Philistines envied Isaac in Genesis 26, 14. So see, God wants us to be successful in ministry. God wants Beit Tehila to be successful. Don't let nobody lie to you about success. God wants you to succeed in the kingdom of God. He wants us to succeed. And with that will come, of course, persecution and jealousy. And what happens when you get jealous? You are not grateful for what you have. You are not satisfied with what God has given you. And you try to live vicariously through other people or other things. Oh, if I only had that, yeah. if I only had this. But think about all that you have, you know. Uh, we're so blessed. I'll tell you what, though. So many times we allow those things to prevent us from having success. Like we look at the jealousy of others. Bottom line is that, what do they say? Haters are going to hate, right? Haters going to hate. I've heard that. You know? It's in the song, I think. It, I think it is. <laughs> 
But the point being that those people are always going to be there. The enemy puts those people in there and uses them, uh, sometimes you know, unbeknownst to them, to keep you from seeing your full potential and into following after the calling that God has put on your life. And at the end of the day, you just have to absolutely ignore it. Because if we run towards God, we listen to what God is saying, and we, we look at situations from His perspective, and we look at ourselves from His perspective, then we're not worried about the people that have, you know, things to say, you know, this or that, because we're focused on the calling and the mission that we have in Christ Jesus and the calling and, that God has And we need us. to continue on in the story because now there's going to be some changes. So Jacob establishes himself, and now he's, going to, he's getting ready to go on the move here. He's going to be doing something, and we're going to get into that, um, not in great detail. But I want Ryan to read uh, Genesis chapter 31, uh, verses 1 through 3, hmm. setting up the scenario of, of a circumstance with Jacob's life. Could be relevant for some of you listening to this podcast. Listen, you are the seed of Abraham. Listen to these stories. Maybe you are living through these stories as well. Maybe this is what you're going through, and you're wondering, why am I going through this? It's because God is creating circumstances to bring you to Him. I mean, I can tell you this is absolutely relevant to my life. I mean, absolute. This story is, I mean, I know who Laban is in my life, you know? And this story is relevant. So, uh, and he, it says here in chapter 31, verse 1, And he heard the words of Laban's son, saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's, and of that which was our father's hath he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. And the Lord said to Jacob, unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. Oh, here we go, everyone. The Lord shows up. He says, it's time to get out of Dodge. Well, this is... This, time so, to get out of Dodge. So, I mean, I guess where we are in the story is Jacob works for 14 years, and then he's like, you know, I'm ready to get out of here, and Laban convinces him to stay so that he can get himself established, right? The whole yeah. splitting between the, the, the speckled versus the, the non-speckled. I, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, we, we, we didn't get into all that because that was like, you know, the... Um the bonus plan for Jacob, the, the wisdom, the insight to increase the flocks. Uh, the, the scriptures go into that very clearly. Uh, but Ryan, the, the thing we got to remember is that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think um, Jacob served him 20 years. Oh, yeah. Uh, the so two sevens and then, and then the six. six. But yep. we're going to come to that, uh, actually, that income. So, uh, you know, so, so Jacob's telling, <laughs> he's telling uh, Rachel and Leah, listen, man, your father has deceived me. And he's changed my wages ten times. Not once. He's deceived Not twice. me. Ten. Ten times. Ten times. You know, that word ten is very interesting because, you know, there was ten camels that Eliezer took to go find a bride for Isaac. Uh, remember, if, if you can find ten righteous men, it always goes back to Sodom and Gomorrah, does it not? And so ten is a minion. You need ten men to pray publicly in prayer with the Jewish people. So ten is very interesting. Ten days of all. Uh, if we go back and look at the story of Abraham, he was tested 10 times as an individual. And of course, you know, he uh, he faltered, he made his mistakes, but he failed forward, Ryan. And so uh, he passes these 10 tests. Uh, I don't have time to go into the scriptures, but it's kind of interesting that the more people you add to the test, the more you can fail. Uh, matter of fact, uh, God said to, to Israel through Moses, listen, these people, you've tested me these 10 times. That is it. Boy, they weren't going into the promised land. They had crossed a line, right? Yeah. You know, how many chances are we going to get to do the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement? How many chances are we going to get to love the church and love the Jewish people, Ryan? How many chances are we going to get? I don't know. I don't want to be on borrowed time. 
I don't want to push it. So what's going to happen is uh, Laban's flocks decreased. Okay. And uh, that was the dream that Jacob had. He goes, listen, you're going to increase. He's going to decrease. So, so Jacob has this dream. It's Genesis 31, verses 9 through 13. Uh, Laban's flock decreased. You know, remember, you reap what you sow. Uh, and of course, you know, Jacob's name means supplanter, heel grabber. You know, and uh, so Laban's flocks uh, decreased. Uh, I know there's warnings to the rich in James chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. It says, the laborers are crying out for their wages, for you have cheated them. Ooh. Your riches are a witness against you. Ooh. You know, this is why we're not to charge our brother interest, see? Mm. Boy, have you ever seen some of the credit card interest rates? Yes. That, <laughs> that, should, be, that should be a crime. Yep, 29.999%. So let's, let's look at Genesis 31, verse 11, as, as Jacob's going to, uh, going to be making a move here. And so it says, And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here am I. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes, and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring-straked, speckled, and grizzled. For I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointedest the pillar, and where thou vowedest a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee, <coughs> excuse me, get thee out of this land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. Okay, so here's the direction. Think he's, he's taking Jacob and he's pointing him towards the land. Does everybody see that? So we have the angel of God brings to Jacob's remembrance the vow he made. And what did he say? If, if you what? If you Protect me. Clothe provide me, for me. Clothes, I'm going to give you the tithe. And so he's, he's made a vow. And he says, okay, well, I'm going to bring you to your promise. I'm bringing you to your inheritance. You know, there's many examples of angels in the Bible uh, coming in, into the, the, the plan of God here. Uh, even in, in Joshua, uh, Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 through 15, whether it's a theophany or whatever, but it's the captain of the Lord of hosts, either way, some kind of angelic being uh, before he goes into the promised land. You know, And I believe we're going to have angel... Uh, we're going to have uh, some angel encounters, I think, uh, as we move closer to the second coming of Yeshua coming. Uh, and of course, in Daniel 12, one, Michael the archangel stands over Israel. Yeah. Come on, somebody. I want to see the angels that saw like Joseph and Mary. I'm not looking for like the Ezekiel angels, you know, those things like... Well, ooh. you know, I know the, the, the cherubim, that's what Satan is. He's a cherub. He was created by God. Uh, the, the ones with the swords that guarded the entrance to the Garden of Eden. Yikes. So here we go. We got to be talking about being in an agreement. So Leah and Rachel were, were in agreement to leave the father. Uh, they understood what Jacob was doing, what he was saying. So thank God they were in agreement. They didn't leave like one behind, you know, um, in the story of, of, of Lot and his wife and daughters. Well, the writing was on the, the wall. The, the son-in-laws, they, they decided to stay back and they became toast. So uh, what comes to mind when you see these, these two wives being in agreement, two, two sisters leaving with Jacob? Well, remember, Rebecca leaves her father uh, to marry Isaac in Genesis 24, 58. Once again, a story of agreement. And of course, what does Rachel do? Uh, Rachel stole from her father the images or the household idols. Bummer, man. Boy, she was brought up in idolatry. And boy, is she the mother of a friar. And she has got these <laughs> idols, right? And so uh, he, cro he, 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 he leaves secretly. Jacob leaves secretly with his family. He crossed the river. He sets his face toward Mount Gilead. And um, three days go by before Laban realizes Jacob is gone. Man, yeah. he's gone. He left. So is he going to sit back? You know, Esau didn't pursue Jacob to kill him, thank God. And that's another reason why uh, Jacob didn't murder, wasn't murdered by Esau. So anyway, so there's three days. Uh, he's got to jump on him. 
Of course, three means divine or of the Lord. And then uh, it took Laban seven days to catch up to Jacob at Mount Gilead. You know, so he's kind of camping out at Mount Gilead, just chilling out. Uh, seven means completion. Now, Laban overtakes Jacob. Now there's going to be a showdown. Now there's going to be a showdown. But before uh, Laban reaches him, of course, he's called Laban the Syrian. Uh, he comes to God comes to him in a dream and he says, hey, don't speak good or bad toward Jacob. Don't you do it. Don't you speak good or bad towards him. And so I, I think that put a little fear in in, uh, in in Laban, old Uncle Laban. One would hope so. So there's this confrontation, Ryan, and of course, uh, Laban confronts Jacob about running away, and Jacob says, listen, I was afraid that you would take your daughters from me. I was afraid that you would just take my daughters away from me, and my family would be broken up. And what happened? See, it was the spirit of fear uh, that runs in the house of Israel, everyone. There's a lot of fear out there, the fear of right. the unknown. And what casts out fear, Ryan? Love. Perfect love will always cast out fear. So that's why we need to love one another, encourage one another. Perfect love will cast out fear. And of course, we have some examples where Abraham said Sarah was his sister. Isaac did the same thing in regards to Rebecca. Oh, she's my sister. Why? Because they feared for their life. Is that common sense? I'm sure it's a common fear, but but once again, we are not to have a spirit of fear. Amen. So Jacob's looking for you know uh, for for you know for Laban to say, hey, you know, you're missing your household items. You're you know we don't have them. What are you talking about? Right. You know, and so um, you know Laban's asking Jacob about him. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He didn't know. He did not know that Rachel had them. Right. She was sitting on them because you know what? And, and here, here's the statement that Jacob makes. To Laban, with whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let him not live. Oof. He spoke that over Rachel. So what happens? While giving birth to Benjamin, she's going to die. That's now, right. I'm not saying that's the reason why she died, but God took her. Because Rachel had the household items, you know. And uh, well, this, I mean, and this... Jacob felt cheated with Laban. He, he says, says yeah. right here in Genesis 31, 30, 64, he, gives, he, lays, he just chews him out. He says, listen, Uncle Laban, I worked for you for 20 years. I feel like you cheated me. You took advantage of me. That's a lesson to be learned, Ryan. We should never take advantage of people. It is. Well, and here, also look at this. You know, from Rachel's perspective, you know, the these household idols, this was a just-in-case scenario, right? This was, you know, I know that, you know, I'm following uh, my husband, and, and, and his God has done all of these things, and I've seen all these wonders, but just in case, I'm going to have plan B. I've got my backup plan, just in case. And it's the spirit of fear that drives us to have a plan B and not have confidence in the plan of God. And so that word's probably for somebody out there that's listening, that you know, you're, you're listening to this and you've got things going on in your life and you know the direction the Lord wants you to go. How do you know it? I don't know how you know, but you know the direction God wants you to go. But what you're doing is you're, you're stowing away you know, the plan B. And all I can say is don't take plan B with you because what's going to happen is plan B either belongs to somebody else or it's something else. And let me just say, they're going to catch up with you, and they're going to want their stuff back. And then those that are supposed to be speaking on your behalf aren't going to be able to defend you. And, and that's a good point, Ryan. And the bottom line is this. You know, Abraham had to make associations with people on the land. You have Isaac and Abimelech. I mean, you know, you have to make agreements with people. You have to come to some agreement with people in the land. Beit Tehillah has to be in agreement with the people of this community. There has to be some form of agreement. But okay? make an agreement with yourself to That's be true. honest with yourself. You have to be. But, you know, once again, Jacob didn't take the initiative to make a covenant with Laban. Laban did. And you can find this in Genesis 31, 
verses 43 That's and true. 44. So, so J- you know, Jacob is, is, is willing to be in agreement with Laban. Laban draws up the, the, the contract or whatever. And basically the, the, the covenant was made that no harm would come between Jacob and Laban for the sake of the daughters and the children, you know. And so we can see that. So, you know, uh, Jacob offers up a sacrifice. He ate bread with his brethren, and he traveled all night. And then what did Laban do the very next morning? He, he, he rose up, kissed his sons, daughters, blessed them, and returned unto his place. Remember, Ryan, as you look at the genealogy, if you look at these biblical stories, Ryan, you have two columns, and there's a contrast. There's an active family and an inactive family. He went to his own place. It's the same thing Jethro did. The father-in-law of Moses decided to go to his own place, to his own cover zone, to what God had called him to do or to be or whatever. So there he goes. Not everyone wants to go on the journey. So what happens now? See, angels are messengers of God. So angels of God meet Jacob when he began his journey after Laban, after Laban. And so he sees these angels, and, and he calls the place, what did he call the place in Genesis 32? This is Mahanaim. 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 So this story is unfolding, you know. In uh, Genesis chapter 32, verse uh, 2, of course, he sees these angels, and uh, it's an incredible story once again. I believe that angels are around us. For those of you listening to the podcast, I do believe there are angels around you, and you know, I know that uh, a lot of us live in the culture and we can relate to a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, I love the 80s and, uh, you know, kind of grew up in the 80s, graduated from high school in 1985. And so uh, I was at the church this week and just really praying and thinking, you know, and the Lord was just putting into my heart to be honest, to be honest with yourself, to be honest with God, to be honest with others. And, and I tell you, Ryan, I was just thinking about that Billy Joel song. Honestly, I'm going to try to just sing it a little bit. Just this one little tune here, just for some of you. You know, we have to relate to the culture. I'm going to try to do it. He's got a little higher pitch than I do, but but here it is. Honesty is such a lonely word. Everyone is so untrue. Honesty is hardly ever heard. And mostly what I need from you. I mean, think about it, Ryan. Think about it. Are we being honest with one another? I just, bravo, bravo, you know. You know honesty is such a lonely word. Is Cause, it? Because you know what's happening, Ryan, and me as a pastor, and I'll share this on the podcast. You know, you get hurt so many times that you're like honest about it. And you're like, why can't people just be honest and true? You know, and that's why everyone is so untrue, I mean, for the most part. And, and, and honesty is hardly ever heard. And then mostly what I need from you, you know, even as a shepherd from the sheep, you want honesty from me? Well, I need honesty from you. Think about it. Because what? Honesty is the best policy. Oh, yeah. So let me encourage all of you out there. Be true to yourself. Hey, when you fail, when you falter, admit it. Just pick yourself back up. Fall forward. Fail forward. Amen. And and, and me as, as the clergy, as a spiritual leader, you know, I've got to be a husband and a father and a pastor, and then I drop the ball. I got I to gotta make things right. But one thing I will say to those listening to this podcast, I am going to be honest. And if you want to approach me and ask me a question or whatever that is, I'm going to give you my, my best honest answer, you know, because that's all I can do. So think, chew on that, everyone. 
Because honesty is the best policy. Think about it. We're reading about so much deception in our family tree. We need to break the curses of dishonesty. And guess what? We have been dishonest with the Jewish people. It's time to be honest with the Jewish people. That yes, we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, he is our Messiah. We're not going to forsake him. But we are willing to be honest in our relationship with you if you will be honest with us and have a respect uh, for one another, Ryan. So I, I can't, I mean, if I, if I would say that this is a word from the Lord, I would say beyond a shadow of a doubt, God is asking for honesty. And if we ain't cutting it, we're not cutting it. Don't play the blame game. Blame yourself. Pick yourself up. Make it right. What an incredible story, everyone. Make it right with your family right now. That's what this story is all about. Jacob makes it right with Laban, Laban and Ryan, his brother's coming. That's the right. elder brother is coming, and he's got vain imaginations. And we all have vain imaginations about what our family thinks of us, but, but you're not being honest with yourself because you don't know the vain imaginations. What are we to do with those? Cast them down. Take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, but cast down vain imaginations. Until you talk to someone face-to-face or over the phone or you get a, a solid answer, don't have vain imaginations in regards to your family or anyone. That's a word from the Lord. Be honest, everyone. Do a gut check. Do a spiritual audit. Well, and it's you know it's so easy, especially as men, uh, to wear a mask and to not be genuine with yourself or with others as to to what you feel or who you are and all of these things. And so what ends up doing is you just you layer on the mask over the mask over the mask over the mask to where you know it it becomes even more difficult. And so if you just have a policy of of being honest with yourself from the gate, then later on you're not having to look over your shoulder and wonder you know what's behind you or this or that. You know, praise God. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Wow, what a tour portion, man. Vietsay, and he departed. Uh, I mean, just listen, I'll tell you what, get into the half Torah in this Torah portion as well. It's in Hosea at the end of the book of Hosea. What a good uh, uh, half Torah it is, for especially for those of us that are coming out of the nations, for us to, to get into that book of Hosea. Uh, and then if you guys want to reach out, uh, you know, as you guys know, I love to hear from you. Uh, we've been getting great feedback on the, on the podcast and, and from folks. And, and obviously, you know, to, to us, it encourages us and helps us keep going. Uh, and so if you want to reach out to me, my email is ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. Uh, you can call the office here uh, at 813 what is it? Twenty two, twenty two. That's right. And then, uh, and then you can also live stream our services at topraise.net uh, or on any of our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and the like. And so, uh, God bless you guys, and have a great week. <laughs>